My guest today is Brian Lovegrove. He is a leadership developer and results coach. He started his own personal development at the age of 17, and his first job in the industry was helping promote and put on seminars for Tony Robbins. He is an Amazon best-selling author and has partnered with several of the biggest names in the personal growth and leadership training industry. He realized that most books and training programs only give the student the theory with little to no practical experience, which is why most training only lasts for a little while. Brian has created the five keys of success to guide people to develop the skills and strategies to truly become successful in every aspect of life. Now Brian helps his clients design and implement those strategies to live a successful and fulfilling life, what he calls being incredible. This was a great conversation with Brian talking about all that he offers, the services, his one-on-one training, his mastermind group, his weekly accountability coaching, and the 91-day challenge, which we'll learn more about in this episode with Brian Lovegrove. Hey, Brian, welcome to the podcast. I'm looking forward to having you on. So many things I have to ask you because you hit a core thing here with training, personal development, courses, all of these things that I read about. And it's going to be interesting to find out your answers to these burning questions I have. All right, Joe, I'm looking forward to it. Let's get rocking and rolling here. Awesome. Okay. So you have to bear with me because I literally do this with every single person on my podcast is that I think it's important for my audience who I believe is mostly entrepreneurs, whether they're currently doing their thing, or they want to do their thing, or they're struggling doing their thing, whatever it might be, I think it's important for them to know the backstory of the person that is on, um, because it's important to understand the development of where you came from, and how you got to where you are today. And I think a lot of those things that you talk about, actually, People listening going, oh, yeah, I've been there. I I did that. I remember that. So I always leave this open to saying you can go back as far as you want, because if something in elementary school created who you are today, I want the audience to know about it. So you can start wherever you want. Well, people ask me how I got introduced to personal development in the first place. And I actually go back to junior high. My dad was a commercial real estate broker, and I grew up in Montana. And anytime we would leave town, we would go on a long trip. And so he would pull out these tape series from work. And this was, of course, back before the iPods, the noise canceling headphones and that great wonderful device that many of us grew up with, mm-hmm. the Sony Walkman. <laughs> near and dear to my heart. <laughs> yes, yes. And so I got stuck listening to whatever was in the tape deck. And so I got introduced to guys like, Earl Nightingale, Jim Rohn, and my favorite, Zig Ziglar. And listening to those guys, you know, Dennis Waitley, you know, on and on and on and on, they taught me what it was to be an entrepreneur. And I remember Zig saying, treat every job as if you were the owner of the business. And those tape series that I listened to through junior high and high school shaped me in my choices in college, I actually got a degree in professional sales because of a, um, I was originally going for a management degree my first year. My sister was two years ahead of me and she told me after my freshman year, it says, you know what, Brian, you might wanna consider changing majors because 
the people that I know that are graduating with management degrees are struggling to find jobs. And I went back and that, that prompted me to ask a, a really good deep question at, oh, I don't know, 18. I asked myself, what career, what major, what level of information do I need to get while I'm here at college that would, regardless of what happens to the industry, because I knew, you know, it's going to be out here in the marketplace for over 50 years. What degree do I need to go get that will, regardless of what's going to happen, the ups and downs of the industry, whether we end up in another recession, we end up in another depression, that I would always have an opportunity to have a job if I wanted one. And that always brought me back to the sales aspect that Zig always mentioned, because again, he did a lot of his sales around the depression area. And, you know, that, that aspect of life where it's like, how do you survive? How do you keep going in those areas? And it's really the salespeople that make the world go round. And so that's what led me to a sales degree. Uh, the other decision that I made when I was 17 was I got introduced to a guy named Tony Robbins and I bought his first tape series. Imagine a freshman in college spending probably a month of his earnings on a tape series and I bought Tony's Unlimited Power. I still have the tape series today. I actually gone and bought a second set because I wore out one of those tapes so bad because I listened to it so much and I followed Tony's Ever since, I actually helped promote and put on his seminars for one of his franchises. And along the way, I've always been doing personal development, personal growth. And, you know, I loved it. I just ate it up. But one of the big challenges that I ran into, I turned 40. It was like, why am I not far enough along? I, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. Why am I just here? Because at the time, I was struggling to, to pay the bills. I was struggling to get by. My wife was working. We had two small kids. And I thought by the time I had turned 40, I would have been much farther along by now. And so in this process, I realized it wasn't until much later that learning is not enough to make lasting change. I was actively learning. I was seeking the puzzle pieces, the pieces of information that was missing in my life. And I figured once I learned that, then life would be easy and, and I'd you know be making all this money. But that never happened because I never did the one thing that I learned all the way back in the beginning from Zig is you have to do it until you get good enough at it, till it becomes your new normal. And only then, once you've applied and implement those strategies in your life, will they actually work for you. And you got to do it long enough to get good enough at it and then continue to stick with it to where you can actually allow the compounding effect to, you know, you slowly creep and then you kind of turn that corner and it goes straight up. And it took me 50 years to hit that. So I'm going to go back real quick because I want to know what triggered you to buy that Tony Robbins course. You know, I know you were listening to this stuff in the car with your father on the Walkman or whoever else you were doing it. I mean, a kid at 17 doesn't do that. So what triggered it? Well, I had read the book his book had come out and I had read the book and I really loved, he, he had such a different style and he was talking about different things and he was talking about the, the things in the mind and he was talking about NLP and the different aspects there. And a lot of that was like, 
oh my gosh, this stuff makes so much sense. And I was applying some of those strategies and I was seeing specific results. And I was like, and that's really what made me buy in. In fact, that's probably one of the few programs that I really started implementing strategies on. Um, one of the big strategies he talked about was Matthew and Mary. And it was one that I specifically used as I got into my initial first jobs and sales career that I used on a consistent basis to help me actually get as far as long as I did. Okay, I'm still gonna ask the question because I'm not sure if you answered it yet. Why would a 17 year old buy the book? Like 17 year olds don't, don't get into this stuff. So, and, and I think it's important to figure out what triggered it for you. Well, again, I think it has to do with, it was the next step. I, um, the company that was putting those out was Nightingale Conant. Yep. And my dad would get those and I, um, I probably was home. I don't remember where I was when I got it. I might've gone home for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I grabbed the magazine. I love looking at, because again, I've been doing this for a number of years now. And I was like, Ooh, what, what's the new stuff they got? You know, mm -hmm. who do they have to, you know, Wayne Dyer was there and, you know, you, you know, who, who are all, who's the new people. And there was this new one from this guy named Tony Robbins. And I don't know, I guess it just resonated with me. And I think it was 75 bucks. And it was like, I, and to be honest with you, I really can't say what prompted me to go, I want that. Mm -hmm. But I think it was more of the sales pitch in the description of what it promised me. Got it. More than anything, that's what I would say. It was based upon the results that were promised based upon the description of the of the tape series. Okay, so you've been around that sort of thing for a long time, right? And mm -hmm. and if I, I correct me if I'm wrong at any point because I want to make sure this is super clear to the listeners is that I from what I get of what you did, we're going to go still back. I still have other stuff to do, but I want to kind of set the stage of your expertise or what you believe is is how you can help people. As you said, you can buy all the courses and attend all the conferences and do all of this stuff. You've said it here. You, you said it on your website. The enthusiasm kind of goes away when life gets in the way, right? It's basically that simple. You come back from right. the high of, of being at a conference or, or listening to something, and then life literally just gets in the way and you don't get the things done that you promised yourself that you would. So my understanding is that you are basically this coach that is going to keep you on track, whether life gets in the way or not, you're basically going to be this person that is going to bring people along through all of this and keep them accountable to what they promised themselves that they would do and make sure that they do all of the things that are needed without shelving anything because life got in the way. Is that fair? Right. It is because again, you know, Tony is great. If you've ever been to one of his big events, UPW, he can, he can talk 9,000 people into walking across 1200 degree coals <laughs> in a day. Yeah. By the end of day one, he's got you walking across coals. But again, how do you, you can't maintain that energy and that excitement and the momentum of that event for weeks, months, years to get to where you want to go. And Tony has admitted that this is an area that he struggles with is how do I get people to keep going? Mm -hmm. Which is one of the reasons why he has 
his coaching program that you can go and pay tens of thousands of dollars to get a coach for a year. And it's one of the reasons why he actually created the Raman's Madonna's training group to train people like me to be coaches that impl- help people implement his strategies. And that's really what it comes down to is how do you take the strategies that you know you need to be doing and implement them? One of the biggest challenges in society today is we don't teach people discipline for the most part. There's a few places that that happens, but outside of that, it's not encouraged. In fact, it's almost, especially in today's society, you're not responsible. You know, being responsible for yourself, being accountable, that goes out the window. And yet, that's how you are going to be successful. That's how you're going to get to where you want to go. Unfortunately, society is teaching people to be sheep and to live in mediocrity. That is not how you're going to get to where you want to go. Because I'm assuming that most people here are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They're entrepreneurs for a reason, because they are sick and tired of working for somebody else's dreams. And so they want to pursue their own dreams, or they think they can do it better And so they're out there trying to do it on their own. But there's a myth that goes with that is the fact that they have to do it on their own. They have to try to figure it out all by themselves. And some of my best clients are the people that have gone to school to learn how to do what they want to do. A chiropractor, a massage therapist, the the tradesperson, they know how to, you know, either pound nails, turn a wrench, adjust somebody's back but they don't necessarily know how to do this thing called run a business. And so there's certain aspects that come into play because my, my ideal market is that small business owner, entrepreneur, and professional who's out there wanting to make a difference in their world and in their communities and their lives to make a, a bigger impact. But they're struggling to do that because they're trying to deal with all of the distractions and all the stuff that's coming at us. And it's like, how do I get a hold of that? How do I how do I focus on those things that truly matter that are going to move the needle for me in my business? And that's really where I come alongside them. And I, I say that specifically because I can't take the journey for you, but I'm happy to take the journey with you. And see, that's where the big challenge is, is a lot of people feel like they go to the seminar, which is okay. Here's how you go climb a mountain. Here's the equipment you're going to need. And what happens to the trainer? They, they, they get all loaded up. They load them up and they say, go have fun. And they go walking down the path. And the river that they were told was this small creek is now this raging river. The bridge that they were supposed to be able to go to cross is washed out. And it's now like, what the heck am I supposed to do now? They weren't prepared for what they're going to experience or they didn't get enough information. That's one of the things that I always felt in the training classes and seminars I went to, I always felt like there was a piece of information missing. And there's only so much that somebody can teach you. You actually have to go experience it for yourself in order to develop those nuances that are really going to make a difference for you. Yeah. And I think that there are very, very, very few people in the world that can, and you, you hit it on the head, the, the discipline, right? That they will actually take what they've learned, whether it's in a course, it's at a seminar, it's whatever, and actually implement it 
and be accountable to themselves. I think that's a really, really small pool of people. And so because the Olympics just happened, if we even made an analogy of like, you went to class to become a gymnast and you set in a week-long seminar to learn all of the different moves and tricks and flips and things. And then you just don't go and show up and start doing that. You have a coach that's watching you and, and helping you understand all of those things and the mechanics of it. So to me, that's what you're, that's really where you help is that you are there to, like I said earlier, to, to, to push them, keep them on track, assist them with when they hit roadblocks, you're by their side throughout the whole process, right? Right. And I think so many times we have this misunderstanding because we've been taught that learning is going and sitting in class. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily true. But unfortunately, the self-development industry has taken this model of let's bring them in, sit them down, overwhelm them with information, make them feel like they're drinking from a fire hose. So they feel like we've given them a tremendous amount of value and then send them on their way. And so the more people we can pack into that room, the better. We make more money that way. Yeah, but we actually end up doing a disservice to the customer, to the client, because at the end, there is no support. And so how do you make sure somebody has what they need in order to actually achieve the results they want. And that is challenging along the way. And and we've created several ways for people to do that because again, money gets in the way. I mean, if you have enough money, you can find somebody that's going to come alongside and help you get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. But we actually started a hundred bucks a month. We've got programs where you can get that, you know, at least some help along the way to get you to where you want to go. And we, we grow from there. But it comes down to this process of how do we get you to take the actions you know you need to take? How do we get you to move forward consistently? And it's just the example you used is great. The one that I love to use is the example of going to get into shape. You don't go to the gym for three days straight and and be done. That doesn't (laughs) cut it. You know, usually you go once for a few hours and you're like, oh my God, you wake up the next day and you can't move. And so it's like, why would you expect you to be able to do that in the other areas of your life? Yeah. I go to the gym five days a week and I still, I'm like, why don't I look better than I do? So you're really in a great position to do this because how many years did you spend in that whole, you know, seminar course kind of world? And I know you're still involved in some of it, but you helped to run well, some I, of these. Yeah, I helped promote yep. to put them on. Grand scheme of things, I didn't do that a lot. I was probably with them for maybe about a year okay. um, before the franchise partnership broke up and therefore the franchise collapsed. Mm-hmm. But it was a great opportunity and I learned a lot going through that process. Back in starting in 2003, I joined Postmasters and worked myself up over the number of years to become a semi-professional speaker when I wrote my first book and got kind of started in that, but I never really got traction and got that off the ground. In this process, one of the things that happened was I shifted from Toastmasters into a leadership role in nonprofit organizations, uh, specifically to the Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I saw was, because again, I was focusing on the teaching aspect because I love watching that light bulb go off. But what I didn't realize was, because I didn't see it in my life at the moment, at the time yet, was that, again, 
teaching them was good, but coaching them is better because again, it's about growth. And as part of my, all the exercises and things I've done, I mean, I, I have done, spent easily quarter of a million dollars on personal development. You know, I have bookcases and bookcases of books and tape series <laughs> that are, you know, th this is the pretty shelf. I have, you know, boxes on wooden shelves and storage units full of books and, and stuff that I've consumed. And it's actually one of my coaching partners mentioned to me in, from one of the coaching programs I was in. He says, she said, Brian, you have a vault of ideas and strategies on help somebody to move forward. And so when they need it, you can provide it for them. And so really it's about getting people to move. It's not about trying to teach you something new. It's about how can I get you to move forward and understanding how to motivate somebody to move. And Tony talks about the pleasure and pain principles. We move away from pain a lot easier than we do towards pleasure. But many times we only use pleasure as the incentive for us to do something. And a lot of times I'm working with some basic activities with somebody. One of the things that I, you can see it here in the, in the video, if you're watching it, is my Incredible Results 91 Day Challenge journal, which is basically spending about 20 minutes each evening documenting your, your, what happened today as well as planning tomorrow. And the first challenge that people come up with is doing it every day. So far, nobody has done 91 days straight. There's a few that have come close, but on average, it takes people a good month to get into the habit of consistently writing in their journal. And so again, it's about understanding what it takes to get people to move in the direction they have said they want to go and using those two buttons and pushing them at the right point to get things to, to happen. And, and again, once we start getting that ball rolling and we start developing momentum, that's when it gets fun. So we are in the age of so many like self-education, you know, so many programs and classes and courses and, and all of this stuff on the internet, right? You can find it everywhere. So, and you might even admit to this yourself because based on what you just said about having a shelf full of tapes and, and all of this stuff, what would you say to the, there are people out there that are professional seminar attendees, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're professional course tape. <laughs> That's why. So, we call them seminar junkies. Okay. So we, yeah, I've, I've been there. Okay. So it, this is good because you're coming from the understanding that Oh yeah. One more seminar or one more class or one more course is not going to make the difference. It's that you have to start implementing what you've already learned and actually admit to yourself that you haven't done the work or this, this is the work you need to do and actually come up with a plan, right? It's just like we hear it a million times. It's just so hard for people to understand, myself included. I'm not, I'm not, you know, preaching from a soapbox here that um you know, you have to have a roadmap, right? Because if you wanted to get hop in your car today and drive somewhere, you need to know where you're going, right? It's you would get lost. Yes. It's no different yes. with our life, right? So what would you say to those people that are listening that that do continue to just think that that next breakthrough is around the corner by buying yet another course or going to some sort of seminar or conference? Put down the Kool-Aid because you have <laughs> drunk the Kool-Aid. Right. 
what they're actually doing is they're pursuing the feeling, the positive feelings they get when they go to the seminar. They're enjoying that high. And over time, that wears off and they want to change the way they feel. They get frustrated and they go, ooh, I want to feel better. Their subconscious then says, okay, well, how do we make ourselves feel better? Hmm, how do we do that? Hmm, let's go to another seminar. I talk about this in the master class that is we get stuck on this learning loop and we go and we learn some information. We get all excited and we go try it and we fail. And usually when we fail once or twice, we quit. It gets hard. Mm-hmm. It gets uncomfortable and we don't like to stay there. We don't like, we don't have, we want to, don't want to go through that process of learning how to do it and do it long enough to get good enough at it that we actually get to the other side of, okay, I got this. You know, it's like learning to ride a bike. You're going to fall. And the only way to get better is to have somebody let go and and, and you fall down. You got to go through that process. You got to learn to make, you have to make the mistakes. You have to quote fail because again, it depends on how you define the word failure, because at the end of the day, we get to choose what things mean. My definition of failure is different than most people's. My definition of failure is you only fail when you quit or give up mm-hmm. or you don't even try. Yep. So it's almost better that if someone had that itch, they should stop for a moment and say, okay, let's do this. Let's just try something completely different that we've never done before. Let's actually hire a coach and spend the same amount of money that we would have spent on a course, but we have a coach with us by our side for however many months or a year or whatever, however long that is, that same amount of money could be spread out to have someone keep you accountable and help you to come up with a plan and stay on track and implement all the ideas, right? It would be worth a try for anybody who's one of these, you could, did you call them junkies to seminar junkies? (laughs) Yeah. The seminar junkies. Yes. Yes. Right. So it would be a change of course. It would would be. What's your outcome? What do you want? Why are you going to that seminar? And there was several times when people says, well, what do you, what do you expect from this? What do you want to learn from this? And people are sitting there throwing out answers. And I, I would be sitting in the back of the room going, I really don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, the clue. It's like, wait a minute, why am I here? Because I want to learn. Ooh, that's not good enough. You, you, I want, you know, and, and, and I started getting specifics is I want to learn how to do such and such and such. And I want to be able to, you know, be successful at doing that. And then, you know, whether that was real estate investing or, personal development, becoming a coach, a lot of those things was, okay, how do you do it? Because again, we're learning, not doing. And it, it, we learn through doing much more powerfully. There's a difference between head understanding and gut level understanding. Mm-hmm. And so first off, investigate a coach. If you haven't had a coach before, I'll, I'll share a, a good story with you because this is how I got introduced to coaching was I'd actually bought the upsell of a seminar program that actually included six monthly coaching sessions with one of the coaches that's kind of designed to help you do it. Mm -hmm. And my experience was I actually got more done in those six months than I had in the previous five years. I did more stuff. I made more progress. And as I went back and analyzed it even deeper, I did more the week before that phone call than I had the previous three weeks combined 
because I knew I was going to have to get on the phone with him. And again, we're leveraging fear and that pain to our advantage. That's one of the reasons why I wrote my last book, Unleash Your Fear. One of the strategies that I teach is how to make fear your friend. And how you make fear your friend is you turn fear around to where it's pulling you forward instead of holding you back. And one of the ways that we do that is we make it more painful to stay where you are than where you want to go. And having to get on the phone call with me or on the Zoom call with me and me sitting there and says, okay, Joe, you said last week you were going to accomplish these three things. How, how far did you get on number one? How far did you get on number two? How far did you get on number three? Now, I don't beat you up if you don't get them done. What I'm doing is I'm wanting to get underneath it and understand the root cause of what's holding you back. Because when, I, when we're able to do that, you see, oh, that was fear of criticism. That's what prevented me from making the sales calls I needed to make or the fear of rejection or whatever it was. And we talk about that. And then we, because again, we get to choose what things mean. And so what does it mean to make a cold call? Most people hate cold calls. What if you could turn things around to where you loved cold calls? Because again, you get to choose what things mean. You can love cold calls. And so again, it, it, it's basically going in there and playing in the mind and shifting the way, the, the, what the beliefs are. Because that's when it comes down to it. That's what our life is all about, is how we feel and what we believe. And when we understand that we do everything in life to change the way we feel, it's really interesting on where things go from there. Yeah. And I think I either, I think I read something from your website, I believe, but something you said, I, I think that's where it was, but it was something about the moment we actually tell the world what it is what we want to do. We're accountable for it. Right. Then we people, mm -hmm. everyone that we, that was an earshot of that or, or reads it somewhere on our website that, we're now responsible to do it. And that's why so many people don't actually put that out there because then they're like, oh crap, I actually have to do that now. I said it, Right. I told yeah. everyone I was going to do this. But you're right. It comes down to, we are afraid to put ourselves out there mm -hmm. because we're afraid of being criticized. Now we do have different types of people in our lives. We have people that I refer to as crabs and they're usually in your left hand. For those people who haven't heard the story, I'm sure you have, is that if you put a crab in a five-gallon bucket without a lid on, it'll crawl out, right? Mm -hmm. Easily. But if you put two crabs into that five-gallon bucket without a lid, they won't crawl out. The more, actually, the more crabs that are in there, the less likelihood that the crab is going to get away. Because as that crab, their programming, mental instinct programming that we have within us is that to stay part of the group, to follow the herd. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is trying to climb out, they're going away. And so the rest of the group will pull them back down. And if he continues to do that time and time again, they will actually kill him. Wow. I didn't know that part of the story. <laughs> yes. Well, the same thing is true with other people in our lives. We have people that are on the same level that we are or below us, and we're wanting to grow. Now, that doesn't mean that they have negative intentions. They're actually doing it for a positive reason because one, they don't want you to leave them, but they also don't want to see you get hurt. This is where our family comes in. Parents say, oh, you just sit still, Johnny, because you're not ready for that yet. Or they don't want you to go pursue this thing that they perceive as scary, risky, 
and you're likely to get hurt. And so they're going to try to talk you out of going and pursuing your great dream. But then there's other people that, again, they're just going to knock you down. They're going to pull you down. And if you've ever listened to Les Brown, he talks about that. And his family, he'd show up for Thanksgiving. And his brother goes, hey, Les, how's that seminar speaking gig going? And, and it was almost, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But we also have people that want to support us and help us. And so it's who are you going to listen to? And who are you going to spend time with? And so, but it's also important to under, in that group of people, your support people are in your right hand, your crabs are in your left hand. It's important to know who the person you're across the table with and who you're talking with on the phone. Is this person a crab or is this a supporter? And then interact with them appropriately. Because if you're talking with a crab, you stay in the shallow end. You don't talk about your dreams. You talk about the weather, you talk about sports, you talk about whatever that is dull and, and boring at the time and not really enlightening to us, but allows us to maintain the relationship. Because there's times in our life when, yes, we can eliminate some of those crabs because other times they're related to us and we can't get rid of them. And so what do you do? So in part of it is one, you reduce the amount of time. And then two, you understand who you're having the conversation with and understand they're coming to you with a positive intent. They're trying to keep you safe. They're trying to, they want you to be happy and they want you to stay well and they don't want you to get hurt. But the same thing is true with our subconscious, which is why our biggest enemy is right up here. Yep. Is the robot that runs the show 80 to 90% of the time. And that's where I spend a lot of time is helping people reprogram the robot, their subconscious, because unfortunately it was programmed with a lot of crappy code and trying to reprogram it is not as easy as copy, delete, and then copy and paste. It's not that easy. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like the biggest, ugliest ball of spaghetti you've ever seen and trying to figure out where that thing goes. And it's a mess. It's just a mess in there. And, but we do have the ability to go in there and change it. And the more we actively pursue that and focus on that, and pursue growth, the faster we can get to where we want to go. So we're going to talk about the services you offer, but you touched upon something that in a previous episode that I had put out, I got a lot of comments about it. And so I want to talk about it as it relates to you personally, and then we can talk about how you use it with your clients. But you spoke about journaling. And the more and more mm -hmm. I hear, either I have guests on or I hear people talk about it, the more and more I, I feel like it's almost got the same benefits as when people talk about meditating, how you can quiet the mind. It was all this foo-foo stuff many years ago, and now it's becoming more of the norm, right? It's something that you need that quiet time. So tell me more about what you think journaling does for people and the importance of journaling. Okay. Well, and whether actually, or not you actually do it nightly or daily, or, or I'd be interested yes. to know. Yes. Um, the, 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 if you can see it there, it says a life worth living is a life worth recording. And so Tony has inspired me to consistently journal. I have journals from my first, I, in fact, uh, in my latest move, I was going through a lot of them and I came across the journal that I had right after college. And I was actually really interested to go back and see the progress of my first sales job that I bombed at. I lasted like three months. My experience was the story I was telling myself was different than the story that I was reading. 
And so one, it's a great way to document your journey in life. But the way that I teach people to journal, number one, is it leverages the power of evaluated experience. Because you stop and think about it. You probably have heard that experience is the best teacher. Yes and no. Because unless we learn the lessons from that experience, then it was pointless. If we keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again, we keep doing the same thing and expect different results, we're not learning. We're not growing. And so journaling is a great way for you to document your journey, but also to stop and evaluate what happened today. What did I get done? Because many times we get to the end of the week, we get to the end of the month, and it's just, man, I feel like I didn't get anything done. And you can go back through the daily journal process and go, oh, yeah, well, I did that, and I did that, and I did that, and I did that. But it also allows you to say, okay, what am I actually getting done? And is what I'm getting done moving me in the direction I want to go? Because again, we've talked about the journey that we're on. We're, we, we have a, a, a goal we want to achieve. And in order to get there, we like you said, we have to have a plan. Many people don't put together the plan. In fact, many goal-setting programs that I listen to, rarely was there any planning process involved. And so... I actually stepped somebody through this exactly in the incredible results. And I knew what they challenged is you go, we set our big yearly goal and we break that down into what are we going to accomplish in the next 91 days? And then we break that down. This is okay. What's going to be month one? What's going to be month two? What's going to be month three? And then we break that down. Okay. What's going to be week one of month one? What's going to be in week two, week three, week four? Because again, the only way to, to get to complete the 91 day journey is to each day make forward progress. And how do you make sure you're making forward progress? If you never look at the map and compare your results to what you're getting to see if you're moving in the right direction, it's like a airplane taking off from New York to LA without a GPS system, without a method for them to course correct. You know, there's a reason why there's a compass in the airplane. There's a reason why there's a GPS in there that's consistently every moment checking in and saying, am I on track? Am I on track? And making those little minor adjustments along the way. Because if you actually look, it's a slight wiggle from LA to New York, because there's turbulence up there. There's wind currents up there. Lots of different things, depending on which way you're flying. Are you flying with the jet stream or against the jet stream? All of these things are impacting that flight. The same thing is true in our life. How do we make sure we are on target? And journaling is one of the ways to do that. But we also encourage people, the way that the journal is set up is to do that evaluative experience to where you document what you got done, you document your lessons along the way, and you also document the changes that you want to make, the adjustments that are going to make tomorrow a better day. How can I be better tomorrow? And then you plan tomorrow. One of the biggest challenges we have is making sure we get the right stuff done. How do you make sure you make time to get those important but not urgent activities into your schedule? Mm -hmm. Because if you do not intentionally plan them and schedule them into your calendar, rarely, very rarely are they going to actually happen, which means you're never going to really make the progress you want to make. Because stop and think about it. Your goals require a lot of time and energy doing those things that are important but not urgent which is another reason why having the accountability is a big factor in that. It's like, okay, it's, it's not urgent, but, oh, my coach is going to be asking about it. What do we just do? We created the needed urgency. Give you a perfect example. I had one of my clients, 
she wanted to raise her rates. And so we, she'd been talking about it for months. And so we were working on the programming in her head so that she felt like she was worthy of that price increase. And she kept putting it off and putting it off. And I says, okay, put, and, and says, okay, what's the plan? And so we specifically detailed, walked through the plan. Okay, I need to put a sign up on the door and I need to send out a notification to my people and send out an email. And, you know, here's an opportunity for people to come in and sign up for a plan to where they can lock in the current pricing. And I says, okay, when I come see you next week, I want to see the sign on the door. When do you think she put the sign on the door? Right after that call? 10 minutes before minutes you showed before up. I, 15 <laughs> minutes before I walked in the door. Exactly. And it wouldn't have happened if I had not pushed her to make that commitment. I said, come on, what are we going to do? Are we just going to keep going down this road? Because that's one of the things that we do is we look at it and says, okay, what happens if you don't change? If you keep doing the same thing you're doing today over and over again, you're going to get the same results. Are you happy with that? Are you satisfied with that? If you're not, then what are you going to do differently tomorrow that's going to change the trajectory that you're going? And journaling is a big piece of that, is to help make sure that you are documenting your journey and you're evaluating the experiences that you're getting and making sure that they're taking you in the direction you want to go. And if it's not, making those adjustments along the way. Is the majority of the time it happens is at night, just before you go to bed sort of thing? It one of the things that we designed the system to be very flexible. Well, there, there's actually a place for people to, to, to write in their schedule and there's no numbers on it because I've got clients that wake up at five o'clock in the morning. And then there's guys like me who don't start their day till seven, but I'm usually up till midnight. So again, it just comes down to fitting it into your system. And that's actually one of the things that we do in the group coaching calls is we're saying, how do I take this system that Brian has created and apply it to my life. How does this fit into my life? Mm -hmm. And we, we teach people how to do that. And I've got one client who um, does restoration work. So he's very much like a firefighter. The phone rings and it's like the alarm bell going off. He's got to go fix somebody's problem. So how does he schedule his day? And so we, we came up with a system on how to use the system. Because what happens if the alarm doesn't go off? What are you going to do? So we had a plan A system and a plan B system mm -hmm. for him. We recommend the evening times for a couple of reasons. Number one, when you're planning tomorrow, you don't have to remember it. Actually, you get a better night's sleep. All right. Get it off your brain. Right. And so your brain isn't trying to remember all the things you got to do tomorrow. We also encourage, now I have some people completed quote at their end of their work day. So at 4.30, when they go home at five, or I've got one woman who does it at 3.30 before she go picks up her kid at school at four. And she's basically documenting, what did I get done? And she's also, there's still some things potentially that she's going to do because we incorporate not just your business, but your life in the journal. And so it's like, okay, what am I going to be doing for all 16 hours when I'm awake and relax and let go? Because so many times we struggle with constantly running. And there's a reason why there's a pad of paper and a pen on, on my, the, my bedside is because there's a lot of times I'll wake up and this ideas and I got to sit there and I got to write it down because I will not remember it when I wake up in the morning. And so it just comes down. We try to get the system to fit the person, not the person to fit the system, mm -hmm. like so many of them do. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what works for you. We recommend in the evening because of the benefits there. There's some people that do it first thing in the morning. If that's the case, as long as you're doing the system, great. I just hear about it all the time. And, and I said I was going to start it after the last episode that someone who was heavily into it, I even publicly said, all right, I got to start doing it. And I still haven't done it. 
well, let's have a conversation about that, Joe. Because again, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's what is it going to take to get you to move? Yeah. And that's actually something that, because again, I, I, I've got numerous stories that I can tell you about people that, because one of the one of the most common mistakes that people make when they're doing the, the journal is the fact that they only do it Monday through Friday. They don't do it Saturday, Sunday, because mm-hmm. again, like the woman who does it at, at the end of the workday, my question to them is, is, okay, that's good, but what are you going to do come on Saturday, Sunday when you're not going to the office? What are you going to do then? And so we create a plan on how, and then we got to, you got to figure out how to make it work. And so I actually challenged several of the people to do it. it says, okay, if you don't, and the other thing is, is not getting the journal done the night before. It says, okay, if you don't do the journal the night before, you have to spend two minutes in a cold shower in the morning. Now, I don't know about you, but Yes, they talk about cold showers being this great, wonderful thing, but I don't want that in the morning. No, thank you. And so again, we move away from pain much better than the, the, the perceived pleasure, okay? And so it's creating the pain. So it was like, okay, you don't do the journal the night before, you got to take the cold shower. Or I said, and, and what really what I would do is I give them a choice. I says, you can either A, take the cold shower, or B, you have to text me that says, I didn't do my journal last night. Which one do you think people chose? And I says, okay, those are your two choices. You have to choose the greater pain. Which one do you think they chose as the greater pain? I would think having to text you would be more of more of the pain. Yes. Yeah. Because that is admitting yep. that they failed, yep. which just goes to show you the level of programming we have around failure. And so again, it's using fear and pain to move you in the direction you want to go. All right. A lot, a lot to unpack there. So um, we only have a little bit of time left and I want to honor your time. So let's do this first. Let's talk about, I have four services written down that you okay. offer and you might've added one, you might've taken one away, but I, I have your one-on-one coaching. I have the 91 day challenge. I have the mastermind. And then I have your weekly accountability coaching. And so um, can you just briefly give us an explanation of those? And if I missed one, add it. And if you're not doing one of them, take it away. Okay. Well, as a coach, I need, I don't know where you are. So I don't know which service to offer you or which one is the right fit for you, Mm -hmm. you or your listener. And so I really start with what I refer to as a discovery session, where we sit down and talk about where you are and where you want to go. And then based upon that conversation, we determine how to best help you. Now, where do people usually start? Most people start with the incredible results 91 day challenge, because it is the one skill that helps people take the action they know they need to be taking, that will help them reach their goals. And they see tremendous, immediate results, positive results and benefits from participating in the program. And it's one that it's, it's only $497 if somebody wanted to participate in it, but you got to come through me and do that discovery session in order to determine whether or not that's the good right fit for you. The other thing that is like rocket boosters on the I-91 day challenge is the weekly accountability coaching calls. In the Incredible Results 91 day challenge, we do a group coaching call where we are sitting down and we are, we're talking how to help use the system, how to get the system to work and fit into your life and how to help you consistently take action on it. But we also help you with your plan on accomplishing your 91-day goal. So if your goal is to get 50 new clients, it says, okay, what are you doing this week that's going to make you more clients? 
And we're talking about those different activities and those different ideas and strategies. So the problem is, is there's anywhere from five to 15 people on that call, depending on how many people are actually in the group at one time. And so it comes down to how do you get enough of my time to where we can truly focus on that programming piece that we've talked about, which is such a big, ugly mess that gets in the way all the time. That is where that one-on-one -on -one time comes in to where we actually spend 30 minutes specifically talking. It's a very specifically designed program that says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I got done. Here's what I learned. And here's the changes I'm going to make. So we can review that in eight to 10 minutes pretty quickly. And then we spend the next 20 minutes digging into what got in the way. What's the challenge and struggle you're dealing with right now that's either the ditch that you're in, the roadblock you're facing, or what's holding you back from moving forward. And that right there is tremendously powerful and makes the 91-day challenge much more successful. And people who are participating in both, their results that they get in the 91-day challenge is heads and shoulders above the people that are just in the program by itself. Yep. And I have to ask this because I'm sure if I was listening to this, it would be driving me nuts the entire time. It's like, why 91 days? It's not 60, 30, 90, like 120. It's seven times 13 is 91. Seven days for 13 weeks. Breaks, got it. So, because again, one quarter is three months, which is 4.3 weeks. And so it's to get a full 13 weeks Got it. is 91 days. Perfect. Um, so we covered that and the weekly okay. accountability. And then right. the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Right. The one-on-one -on -one coaching, I refer to that. I refer to that as my general coaching. And that's where somebody is really wanting to grow and make changes. And a lot of times people will start off there. And again, we're, they're, they're wanting to do a lot of growth and unpacking and, and deal with the programming issues that are going on. And they're wanting to make some significant changes. Those are one hour sessions. And those are usually each week as well, where we're digging in and we're trying to figure out, you know, again, we're making some serious shifts in there. And then a lot of times it's like, okay, we got them straightened out. We got them on a path. We've created the plan. We've got, you know, the momentum going now and it's starting to move forward. And a lot of those people will roll into the accountability coaching so that they have the regular check-ins that are getting done what they want to get done, but they don't need the necessarily, okay, let's dive in deep in there and start digging around. Um, those are wonderful sessions. I love doing them, but they take a lot of energy on both myself as well as the uh, person because we're going deep. You know, one of the things that you probably have learned by now, listen to this, is I don't like to play in the shallow end. I like to dive deep and I like to go under the covers. And if people aren't, that's the other thing is, is you got to be comfortable in, in playing in the deep end. And there's a lot of times when my role as a coach is not to tell somebody what to do. I almost never do that because who's an expert on Joe and Joe's business? Joe is, right? So my role is to ask you the questions that is going to help you come up with the answers and solutions to the problems that you're facing. To provide that external perspective and to help you come up with the solution that is within yourself. And that the mastermind is more That's at the right. upper okay. level. Okay. And that right now is closed. So people are not available into that. And usually what happens 
is we start people off in the 90 when they challenge and there's those people are, are rolling up into that mastermind as they complete the 91 day challenge. Got it. Um, but we start people off with where they are and what they can afford and what they need to do. And so we have programs that start, like I said, at hundred dollars a month up to 25 to $5,000 a month, depending upon which program you're involved with. And there are other things that I do. Um, I have mentioned Tony Robbins, but I have not mentioned John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. I'm a certified coach, trainer, and speaker with the John Maxwell team, which means for those people who are not familiar with John Maxwell, he's a world-renowned leadership expert. And that was one of the big challenges that I saw was there's a lack of quality leadership in our world today. And because my target market is that small business owner, entrepreneur, and professional, they have never really had much experience with leadership training. But again, I'm not a leadership trainer. I'm a leadership developer. And so we have leadership programs using John's world-class material that over a period of 90 days, we teach you the strategies and you practice them for 91 days so that you develop those skill sets along the way. And so again, it depends upon where you are and what you need and what tool is necessary to help you fix the problem that you're up against. Because again, I use Stephen Covey, I use uh, Joe Vitale, you know, I will pick from anybody I need to. And I will claim that everything that I share didn't originate with me. I'm standing on the shoulders of the giants that went before me, as far as, you know, all the way back to the Greeks, Aristotle and, and some of those, because they had it first. They, they mentioned it. And again, everybody since then is really just repackaging it from there. And if somebody wants to do a DIY version of it, pick a great book. Napoleon Hills was probably the, the, the godfather of personal development, at least modern personal development with Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And one of my mentors actually went and read the book and studied it over and over and over again. You probably have heard the suggestion that you should go read a book a week. So go read 50 books a year, right? I challenge you, that's not the right strategy if you're wanting to grow. It's a great way to learn information. But if you're wanting to make changes in your life, get one great book and read it 50 times. Study it. Do the exercises at the end of the chapter. Implement the strategies. Another great one is Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That, that book, still to date, I, that's one book I try to read at least once a year. And I'm usually listening to it because I'm taking advantage of the windshield time that I have. And it seems like there's always something more in there. That book is so deep. And there's so many different levels that you can get into it. As you grow, there's another level. There's another level. There's another level, which is how I spend a lot of my time. Yes, I have three different coaches and I'm constantly consuming more and more material. But there are, there's about 10 different books that I try to spend time reading consistently because they're the roadmaps. They're the foundational skills that it's going to take for me to get to where I want to go. And it's only through consistently coming back to it. You don't become a master black belt by learning how to do the form and doing it perfectly one time. I believe it was Bruce Lee that said, I don't fear the man that knows 10,000 kicks. I fear the man that has practiced one kick 10,000 times. 
and in the the story that go you the, the story and the rest of the story was the example of that was he says well show me and and basically what it was is because that person has practiced that kick so well it doesn't matter if even if you know it's coming you can't block it you can't stop it he has mastered how to do it regardless of what you do to counteract that the only way to not get kicked is to not get into the fight so we're over a little bit do you have a few more minutes oh yeah i'm good okay cool so i want to ask you about because you mentioned since we're on the subject of books and you mentioned uh joe vitale and you you were you were part of a book called the abundance factor yep can you tell me a little bit about that and how that came about and well i was on the short list as Joe was looking to write his next compilation book. And I had been following him, been a fan of him, read a number of his books. I still practice one of, one of the big things that sticks for me from Joe is uh, the story of Ho'oponopono. Uh, if you have not read the book Zero Factor, I highly recommend it. It's a very fascinating book. The mantra that that book teaches is something that actually helps me go to sleep at night because my brain has a hard time shutting down. And by saying that four phrase mantra helps my, it, it's kind of a signal to my brain to stop thinking and go from into my head and into my body. And so it's really helpful there. And so I was on the short list of authors that Joe asked to help participate in that book. It's called The Abundance Factor. I knew the group of people that were pulling together. And so my chapter is called The Unpleasant Truth, because again, there's a lot of people out there teaching, you know, because we're talking about the, the mindset of abundance, which is something that a lot of people struggle with. But it's hard for people to actually do it and practice it consistently. And that's really what my chapter was about. It was about taking the actions that the book is encouraging you to take. And so that's what my chapter is in that book. April of the year that it came out, we did hit uh, the Amazon bestsellers list with that book at the time. And uh, it's been a great book, and I use it more of a as a calling card, and uh, as an introduction to myself when I'm meeting new people. And then you mentioned earlier about a book that you wrote that I did not actually see in my notes. So can you tell me about that? Right? Was there... Okay, I've written three books. Okay, the first book is called Ready, Set, Succeed. Okay, which is a self-published book. Again, it was another compilation with a series of different authors. And I've got several boxes of those still today that, again, I use them as, as handouts. Um, and it's, again, about taking action. Because, again, that's what I saw people struggle with. And implementation. Because, again, at the end of the day, it's ready, set, succeed, go. you got to get moving. And so we were all writing a chapter based upon that. It was a self-published book. The only way that you can get that is to go through me to get that um, that I'm aware of. And I actually did have a client come to me through that book, through one of the other offers. They got it. They called me up and that chapter resonated with them. And, and it was an opportunity for me to help them out. Then we wrote The Abundance Factor. And then after that, we wrote a book called Unleash Your Fear. Okay. And that book is available right now. You can go to unleashyourfear.com and get a copy of that. Right now, at this point in time, it is about a 40-page ebook. You can get a copy where I actually read it to you for in about an hour. But that's one of our projects for the rest of this year is to work on rewriting that book and, and expanding it 
to where it's around 100 pages and we turn it into a physical book. And using that as a methodology to, to share that message, because as we've gone back and we've, we've shared that message, we teach it a very powerful concept in that book about the relationship that people have with fear. Because right now, most people have a lousy relationship with fear. But fear is just a tool that's used by our subconscious. And our subconscious causes us problems because it's designed not to make us happy. It's not designed to make us successful. It's designed to make us survive. Problem is, is when we do go out there and we want to grow and we want to succeed and we want more, it sees that as not surviving. That's risky. There's pain out there if we pursue those things. So how do we, how do we change that? How do we work on that? That's what I've understood from the people that have read the book. They, a lot of people have enjoyed it. And you can actually still get it for free for a little bit longer. We're in the process of getting that changed. You can go to unleashyourfear.com and get a copy of that book there. And once we get the expanded version, we will still be using that URL along the way. And so in this process, we've got a lot of great tools that are available to you. And we've talked about a lot. Joe, you're actually one of the longer podcasts that I've gone on, and we've talked about a lot of different things. But one thing we haven't talked about is one of the foundations that I use for my coaching, which I refer to as the five keys of success. And that's actually a podcast that I do called the five keys of success podcast. And you can go out there to your, wherever you get your podcasts and, and Google five keys of success or Brian Lovegrove, and you'll be able to find it. And I talk about those five keys because at the end of the day, because again, I've been doing personal development for decades now. And so I boiled down all of that stuff to what is the true fundamental foundational skills and tools you need. And I came up with those five keys. You want to know what those five keys are? I do. I have to actually, you were not going to get off this podcast without tell, talking about them. <laughs> so I have them here. I still have other stuff. That's why I was like, okay, yeah. So please, all I, right. I, I totally want to, these, this is like one of the things that really triggered it when I wanted to have you on as a guest. I'm like, I, man, I want to know what those are. Well, the five keys of success, the first key is clarity. And I refer to it as get clear because without clarity, you're lost. You're wandering around in a fog. If you don't have a destination, you're never going to be able to get there. And if you don't know where you are, how do you know how you're going to go from where you are to where you want to go? And we talked about the plan. If you are not clear on the plan on how to achieve your goal, you're not going to get there. Now that, but there's some also challenges with that piece, because again, a lot of people may not necessarily know how to get to that point, but do you know how to get started? Because that's the key. Do you know what the next step is? Too many people get bogged down with steps 987 through steps 1,284. Well, what step are you on? I'm on step five. What's step six? I don't know. Focus on step six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Focus on what's in front of you. And these other steps you will figure out by the time you get to that point. The second key is commitment, because without commitment, we cave in to the fear. We don't have the motivation, the energy, and the power to keep going when things get tough. And the analogy that I love to use is the story about Cortez. When he landed in the new world, he burned his boats. His men woke up the next morning and they went, and he, he addresses men, he says, gentlemen, there is no way home that we do not create for ourselves. And so his small band 
took on and conquered much larger nations and groups of people in South America because they were committed to making it happen because it was either do or die. I'm a big fan of burning the boats, by the way. Absolutely. That's one of the podcasts that we did is, okay, how do you burn the boats? Yep. And we kind of walk through that exercise. And that's a, that can be a whole coaching process. My story around that was I used to weigh 260 pounds and I went on a diet and I lost 35 pounds in the first month and a half. It was a radical diet. And one of the things that I did on the back deck in the fire pit is I burned my fat genes. And I actually have a picture of the, it, you, it, it's, it's at night. You can, all you can really see is the, the flames. You can barely make out the genes as part of, in the picture, but I vividly remember that process. And I promised myself I would never buy that size pair of clothes ever again. Now, have I been able to keep off all the weight that I lost? No. But when my pants get tight, that option is not there. Yeah. It's like, okay, we got to do something here. We got to turn this around because we are not buying a bigger size pair of pants. <laughs> and so again, that's where that burning the boats actually comes in, which leads us to step three, which is get cranking or get busy taking action. Tony talks about taking massive action. And, you know, how many times have I tried, you know, I've tried everything. Really? How many things have you tried? Well, you know, have you tried a hundred things? No. Have you tried 20 things? No. What have you tried? Well, I've tried these two things over and over again and they didn't work. You haven't tried everything. But again, what's the story that we're telling ourselves? But when we're consistently taking action, again, this is where step four comes in is, which is accountability. Get the accountability you need to help you take the action you know you need to take. Because unless you've got somebody that's helping you move forward, holding you accountable, and there are good accountability and there's great accountability and there's lousy accountability. And I've, I've been involved with numerous accountability partnerships where I've been part of a group. We, we've gone, gone to a seminar and it's just, we're going to set up accountability partnerships. Woohoo! Well, that's okay if the other person is as committed as you are or more committed than you are, because again, at the end of the day, the problem is, is you're both going through the same things. You don't, one can't help the other really take the action they know they need to take. They can't help you look under the hood and identify what's holding you back because they're in, they're making the same mistakes you are. They're making the same excuses you are. And if they hold you accountable for your excuses, they can't continue to accept their own excuses. And so they're willing to allow you to get away with what you're getting away with because they want to get away with what they want to get away with. The other people that's hard to hold you accountable is friends and family because they are more invested in the relationship than they are in your success, which is why we have the accountability coaching program that we do is because we set it up to where it's almost impossible to fail. The only way to fail is to not show up because again, I'm not going to beat you up when you don't do what you said you were going to do. We're going to identify what got in the way and we dive deep and we get in there and we work on, it's like going in there and fixing the car um, for that race driver. You know, it's like you and, and making the little shifts and little changes. And it's a lot of times it's just little tweaks and we make a little tweak here and a little tweak there. And then all of a sudden the car just goes. And so that's where the accountability piece comes. And number five is get correct for self-mastery. There's a lot of stinking thinking going on up here that we've learned, which is a good throwback to Zig. He, that, was, that was his line. I loved it. And we once we start correcting that and we start correcting the programming, 
and allowing that to move us in the direction we want to go, it's like taking the foot off the brake and pounding the pedal to the metal. Because until you get your foot off the brake, you can have you can have the gas pedal pressed to the floor. But if you've got that brake slammed down just as hard, you're not going anywhere except wasting a lot of time and energy. And those are the five keys. And after decades of doing this, that's what it boils down to. Success is those five keys. Yep. No, it makes a lot of sense. It's literally what we talked about the whole episode, but looking at them individually like that, it's easy to digest. Those are all the things that have to happen in order for the entire thing to work. So I appreciate right. you going through that. Right. And, and it's one giant lock and you have to have all five keys turned exactly right and adjusted just right in order for that lock to open. That's going to lead you to the success that's on the other side of that door. That's a great way to say it. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. Did we miss anything? Is I, all my notes are checked off. Well, there's a lot more. <laughs> um, <laughs> in fact, so many times when I go on a podcast and I cover lots of different things here and there, and I might only touch on one aspect of it because we only do 20 minutes on fear, I put together a masterclass and I refer to it as become unstoppable because it's designed to share with you the components of the system and what it takes in order for you to truly become unstoppable in your life. Because at the end of the day, my goal as a coach is to help everyone become unstoppable and live what I refer to as a, an incredible life, not just in one area of your life, but every area of your life. Because at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about how much money you make. It's about the relationships and the impact you have. And many times because we're focused in one area, oh, you know, we're entrepreneurs are head down, focused on growing the business and we're sacrificing something along the way. We may be sacrificing the relationship at home. We may be sacrificing the relationship with our kids. We may be sacrificing the relationship with our body and not taking care of ourselves. And each one of those is going to blow up on us. They're like a time bomb. If we don't address them and we don't work on them, they're going to blow up on us in some way, shape, or form. And it's an ugly process. And one of the reasons why we coach the whole person is because we have to be able to be able to work in every area and an incredible life. That's where you're living at eights, nines, and tens on a level of satisfaction sale on a daily basis. And you wake up every morning and you're going, I can't believe this is my life. <laughs> it is so great. It's so wonderful. I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. How do you get to that point? And how do you do that consistently through implementing and mastering these five keys? And what is going to be a level 10 for Joe? It's not going to be a level 10 for Brian or a level 10 for the listener. So each person has a different idea of what level 10 is. And I don't tell you what level 10 is, but I will help you achieve your level 10. Let me give one last thing. I yeah. talked about the masterclass. If mm -hmm. your audience wants to go get that access to that masterclass for free, they can text the word results to 77948, or there will be a link in the show notes that I'll give to Joe but you can go to becomeunstoppable.info and you'll be able to register for that class. We do it live about once a month currently, but if you don't want to wait, you can actually get the replay of the last class we did. These are 90 minutes to two hours long because know that on the front end, because this is going to be a commitment of your time to sit through this process. It's pure learning. There's no sales pitch on the end. There's only a 
opportunity for you to schedule that free discovery session with me to where we can sit and talk about how to help you get to where you want to go. Awesome. And it happens live also besides the pre-recorded. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Because again, at the end of the day, there's people that want to ask questions. Yeah, sure. And the interaction of that. And see, I'm also playing into that seminar junkie too, who loves that live feeling, mm -hmm. and the excitement and energy that comes from a live event that you don't get from a recording. Right. But to be able to ask the questions and share your comments and each class and each event, you know, even though I go to the same seminars and the same workshops on a regular basis, they end up differently because the people in the group are different. Yeah. And we consistently got a, in our leadership Academy, we consistently teach pretty much the same block of strategies, but we get much different e events and different classes because of the fact that the people in them are so different and they make a big difference in the quality of the event and how you show up makes a big difference. And so my challenge to your audience, take advantage of the free tools that I have available for you that Joe is Joe and his audience and his other guests have made available to you, but identify what you need to do. Because at the end of the day, you can't eat feel good. And hopefully I've inspired you and made you feel good. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what you get done. Identify what you need to get done. And if you need help with that, let's talk. Awesome. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? We've got a lot of great resources available at brianlovegrovecoaching.com. If you don't want to wait, you can go to visitwithbrian.com and schedule that free discovery session. And that's pretty much the easiest way to get onto my calendar because I do, I specifically set aside time each week for those. And that allows people to sit down and have that conversation with me because yeah, you, we've spent over an hour here talking You've gotten to know me, your audience has gotten to know me, but for some people, that's not enough. They, they want to know, like, and trust the person they're going to sit down with. And they also have to believe that they're going to be able to get to where they want to go. And so I can only do that and offer you the right thing if we sit down and have that conversation. And it's not about me, it's about you mm -hmm. and where you are and where you want to go. And then potentially how I can help you get there faster, easier with a lot less wasted time and effort. Love it, man. I appreciate your time. This has been great. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate yeah, the opportunity to be here and share with the audience. Thanks again, Brian. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll stay in touch and we'll have you back another time. Absolutely. Look Thanks forward again. To Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I know you have many options to listen to various podcasts and I'm honored that you chose to listen to mine. I would love it if you would rate my podcast five stars and write a nice review. It really helps to bring up the rankings of the podcast to other listeners. Once again, thank you so much for listening to The Joe Costello Show. I appreciate you very much.